For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's an optimist. This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. Welcome into a brand new edition of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by my co-host, beat writer for the Panthers for Sports Illustrated, Skylar Callahan. You can follow his work, and you probably should, because it's the time of the year where you need to keep up with everything going on. Uh, roster moves, who are we drafting? Like, the, the NFL never stops. It's 365 days a year. So uh, you could follow Skylar's work on Twitter at Callahan underscore. You can catch me on Twitter at D-E-Z underscore 3505. That's Des underscore 3505. If you're into digital clapbacks and things of that sort, that's usually all I use Twitter for. Um, <laughs> welcome into this week's episode. We got a loaded show here for you. Uh, Panthers free agency tracker. Previously on Believe in Carolina Panthers, we were sitting here wondering whether or not Deshaun Watson would be a Carolina Panther or not before we were able to get the episode live and on the air turns out we uh did not sign Deshaun Watson he did a uh, complete 360 ended up with the Cleveland Browns we'll touch on that for a little bit and what happened with that uh and we'll grade general manager Scott Fitter on the job he's done so far in the free agency market plus not getting Deshaun Watson means there's options out there at quarterback that the Panthers need to decide on we'll figure out what's the best option for this team going forward and Skyler has changed his first round mock pick we've been doing it each week where uh, he he has a, a first uh, round selection mocked out for the Panthers at pick number six. He's actually changed that. And from what I'm understanding, it's the first time a quarterback will make an appearance on Skyler's mock draft. So loaded, loaded show today on the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast on Believe Networks. Glad that you're here to join us. Before we begin, though, a quick word from our sponsors at Bet Online. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. For all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all of your sports sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online where the game starts. I hope uh, none of my fellow Tar Heel fans had anything on that Carolina-Baylor game Saturday because I probably had three strokes watching that as uh, Carolina advanced on to the Sweet 16. As I bring in my co-host, Skylar Callahan. Skylar, I know that you have been extremely busy trying to keep track of everything going on uh, with the Panthers' free agency uh, period here. Before we get into that, though, your thoughts on the uh, 
failed pursuit, I guess you could say, for Deshaun Watson. Uh, were, should the Panthers have offered guaranteed money for this guy? Absolutely not. <laughs> I, Thank I, you. I think been <laughs> a very, very bad idea. And I think it was kind of, uh, I guess, misperceived or misunderstood by much of the Panthers fan base when that news initially came out that they weren't going to guarantee him, what was it, two extra years of what he was wanting. The third and fourth year, yeah. They were willing to do the first and second, but just they wanted to front load it basically, uh, but not yeah. the third. They didn't want to guarantee the entire thing. I, I think that's the way the way it was worded when it came out made people not understand. If they had just said the Panthers said no to a fully guaranteed deal, then that would have been different than saying they didn't guarantee the third and fourth year, if that makes any sense at all. Right, right. And I think the numbers speak volumes too, because I think a lot of people didn't understand how much millions of dollars that was going to have to be guaranteed. When it came out that he's going to Cleveland and it's two hundred fifty million guaranteed, I believe it's two hundred fifty. Uh, two. I think it's uh, it's four year, two hundred thirty million uh, guaranteed. Yeah. yeah so still, still a lot of money that you're investing, and in. again, you have a lot of question marks. Is he going to be the same player? Which, I mean, I would assume so, but it's been a year since he's played. Number two, is he going to be the guy that actually takes you to where you want to be? Because even though he had success in Houston, it's not like he was taking that team deep into the playoffs. And the last time he was on the field, they were 4-12. and 12. Mm-hmm. Now, again, he didn't have a lot around him, but still, not a lot of elite quarterbacks need a lot of around them to be very good. I mean, we've seen that many, many times before. So that's another question mark. Number three, is he going to be suspended? More than likely, at least six games. So that's one, almost uh, a little over half of the, or a little under half of the the first year he's going to be with you. But more importantly, you don't know anything about these 22 lawsuits yet. They're still pending. So what happens with that? If it comes out, (laughs) and and all these teams say they, they do their due diligence, what happens if it comes out and every single one of those turns into the, he's guilty and you just committed $250 million or $230 million to that guy? You know, it's crazy, too, because it doesn't sound like the Browns really dug as deep as some of the other teams. Like, we have been told the yeah. Panthers basically have been tailing this dude for a year. Uh, David Tepper hired a private investigator to investigate these cases. They clearly seem comfortable enough to go after him, uh, but not comfortable enough to fully guarantee the largest amount in NFL history, um, 230, I mean, literally almost a quarter of a billion dollars. They are guaranteeing Patrick uh, Mahomes didn't even get that. He got like half of that, like guarantee, like a hundred and something million. It's. And let's be honest, like Deshaun Watson is an elite talent. There's no question about that. But in this league or really in any professional sports league, in my opinion, for you to get that type of money, you have to have done something. And to this point in Deshaun Watson's career, he really hasn't done a whole lot. He's I mean, won one playoff game his yeah. entire career so far. Yeah. He's won one playoff game, which is, get this, one more than Sam Darnold. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not hating on Deshaun Watson's talent because, like I said, he's very, very good. But at the same time, he's won one more playoff game than slinging Sammy. So and we haven't really seen him on a field in over a calendar year. So I mean, and, and, I, and the bigger problem too is is Desmond. Like if you're committing that much money to somebody, then you have to. Not only are you committing that much money, you're you're you lost three first round picks, so you're really going to have to attack free agency well, but not overspend because you don't have that much money. So the money that you have left 
it's going to be hard to attract some of these people here and, and to come and take a pay cut to go to Cleveland. Plus, yeah, that, yeah. Let's start right there because <laughs> I have in-laws from Cleveland. I've never hid my dislike of going up there. Not that I, you know, dislike my family or anything. I just hate the trip <laughs> of driving to Cleveland because uh, you have to go through literally the entire length of West Virginia of 77 to do it, which is a trip in itself. Uh, it's like an eight-hour, seven-hour drive from North Carolina. Um, it's not fun. It's not fun. I, I don't look forward to it whenever <laughs> I have to do it. I'm sitting there looking at his contract. It, it, the telltale for me is that his base salary for this upcoming year will be $1 million. And yeah. they basically did that in case he doesn't play uh, the whole season or half the season or whatever it is. So he's still going to get $229 million guaranteed pretty much uh, after this year is over when all this is eventually settled. But they did it that way because they understand that, yes, he may still something may still go down in terms of the, the allegations on him off the field. It, it's just crazy to me that um, they basically converted his first year into a signing bonus. So like he he gets a forty four million dollar signing bonus um, after next year. His average salary is forty six million dollars for twenty three through twenty six. Uh, he'll be a free agent again at age thirty two in twenty twenty seven. Um, it's fully guaranteed. They can't really get out of it. There's not. There's really no mechanism, as I'm looking at it, that allows them to do something different until 2026. I mean, literally, the Browns they were out of this when we were talking about this at the point last week. They had been told they weren't going to be in consideration, and we talked about this on my show, The Rundown, on Saturday morning, where I was looking at the timeline of how all this happened, and to me, it looked like Carolina and Atlanta were his two top choices. Because they were closer to home, it's in his foot fingerprint from Clemson and all that good stuff. From all accounts, the the meeting went well with David Tepper and Matt Rule. Uh, he's known Arthur Blank since he was a kid. He was a ball boy for the Falcons uh, back in the day. So it seemed like they were both in the lead. Then the Saints kind of jumped in and overtook Carolina for a bit there, if you want to believe everything that was out there. But based off of what we were seeing, it looks like Watson's camp went to Carolina and basically said, hey – if you'll give us a fully guaranteed four-year extension, we will sign with you. And Carolina looked at it and said, no, we'll give you the first two years guaranteed and we'll front load it, but we won't guarantee years three and four because they just did that with Sam Darnold and got burnt and they weren't going to do it again. So I totally understand them learning their lessons, no matter how good it looked, and 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 not doing that. Uh, then it looks as if the Browns somehow caught whiff of that offer and got back into it by reaching out to Deshaun's camp and saying, we will do that. We will fully guarantee you a five-year deal for, you know, $230 million or whatever. It'll make you the highest paid player in the NFL. So he still didn't want to go to Cleveland. So it, it looked as if he went to the Saints and the Falcons to offer that to them as well. They both declined. That left the Browns. All of a sudden, Deshaun Watson is a Cleveland Brown. When three days earlier, he was saying he didn't want to play there because it was too cold. Uh, it's, it, you know, it's it, a fascinating timeline. I mean, it really is because it's it, it was almost like every day we kept hearing, we're, we're going to hear a decision today. And then it was at the end of the day, he's going to think about it a little longer. And then it comes around to Friday, Saturday. He's going to think over it throughout the weekend. And then it came the decision the next day. As, and, as soon as somebody had that check, as soon as somebody was, was like, look, <laughs> we got it right here. It was a team, the first team he ruled out. Yeah, yeah. See, that – that tells you everything right there. So I uh, just think it, it would be the most Cleveland Brown thing. If these, uh, these pending lawsuits that, that are still going on, if 
they come out and he's got some of those that are going to be come out as guilty or a lot of them come out guilty. And oh, I expect maybe it. the NFL puts him on the exempt list and maybe he never plays again. How I mean, Cleveland <laughs> Brown would that be? I actually, knowing the city of Cleveland, I kind of I kind of expect it. And I'm seeing like relatives online like they're not happy with this. They're not happy with signing Deshaun Watson at all. Um it leaves Baker Mayfield, the starter for the Cleveland Browns and former number one overall pick and Heisman Trophy winner, kind of without a home. Um, he's still technically he's technically on the roster as we're doing this uh, this taping. We're going to get to that uh, in uh, Section 3 here, quarterback options for the Panthers, because now he's being linked to Carolina. So we'll see um, what options would be best for Carolina as the draft is coming around here, I wanted to get into the free agency tracker because a lot of movement happened since we were last on uh, last Tuesday, uh, starting with running back Donta Foreman. Uh, we couldn't remember if we'd gotten too deep with this or if he signed after, I think he signed after we taped last week. Um, for those that don't know, and maybe you can fill them in a little bit here on Foreman, uh, Skyler, he's kind of like a miniature um uh, Derrick Henry, he filled in for Derrick Henry in Tennessee while he was hurt this past year and finished with 566 rushing yards and a 4.3 yards per carry average. Uh, what exactly do you think the Panthers are going to be doing with this pickup with Foreman? Well, it's, it's going to take a lot of a, of the load off Chris McCaffrey's shoulders, which is what they've been trying to figure out over the last couple of years. They thought maybe bringing in Chuba Hubbard would help kind of getting another – I don't know – what type of back I really label it as. I guess. That's kind of what I'm going with, but I, I think it's still kind of to be determined, but I would say probably more of a scat back. But it's they, – they needed some beef. I mean, it's been a while since the Panthers have had a guy back there that's just been able to to just ground and pound and, and just run right through people. Probably Jonathan Stewart, I guess, yeah, would be the last that, one. I mean, that's, the last, that's the last one that comes to my mind. And yeah. I think it, it gives them – Options, it gives them flexibility. If a team does call the Panthers and wants Christian McCaffrey and they give them an overwhelming offer, then I think they may be willing to do it now that they have Deontay Foreman. But that doesn't mean that the Panthers are going to go out there actively shopping Christian McCaffrey. They will not do that. Either. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. I, I, I didn't even catch that vibe when they signed yeah. for him. I was like, oh, good. That, maybe that means they are going to put McCaffrey this, in the slot more. Look, uh, this, what this does is exactly what you just said. It's it's kind of been what you've been alluding to for almost a year now that if they could put Christian McCaffrey in the slot a little bit more. So that that is a possibility. But yeah, I mean this is this is a tremendous pickup. I, I was talking to one of my buddies throughout the season. I me and him talk every Sunday before I get to the stadium and talk about the games and stuff that day. And when me and him actually had a, a bet, we went in on a bet together for Derrick Henry to win the the rushing champion. Or the, the mm. league champion. As soon as he goes out, we're like, dang, well, we just missed our bet. And I was like, man, I bet you, I bet you the Tennessee Titans are just going to start tanking and fall off the cliff. And then, and they did the complete opposite. They ended they up winning <laughs> one seed. Deontay Foreman was huge during that stretch. If you go back and watch those games where he played, it, it it's it's like the offense didn't even miss a beat. I mean, they were that good. He was he's got tremendous contact balance. He doesn't go down easy. He runs straight through people. And I've known this kid for a while because I cover West Virginia too. I've seen him go up against uh, West Virginia when he played at Texas. And that kid was a monster back then. I knew at some point his game was going to translate to the NFL. I thought it'd be a little earlier, but when he played at Texas, he kind of reminded me of Adrian Peterson a little bit. 
Mm. Not not to that level, of course. Just but, like a hard runner, like the yeah. way kind of hard to bring down, that kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I think it's a, a tremendous pickup. And, I, and like I told my my buddy, I, I think he could have started at a lot of places in the NFL. You know, I, I keep mentioning this whole put McCaffrey in the slot thing. Really, when I say it, I mean just have him out there. He doesn't have to be lined up behind the quarterback to be a to be a, a serious problem for a defense, depending on the creativity of new offensive coordinator Ben McAdoo, which is kind of the reason why I'm like, I don't know if they're going to do this because McAdoo is not really known for running a very creative offense. Uh, it's very effective, but not, I would say, like a Sean McVay uh, – type of like you know weird verticals and stuff like that going on to get people free across the field he doesn't do that but i would think them signing foreman and you know they still have hubbard uh mccaffrey coming back off injury they have a plan uh, rule kept saying really the last half of the year last year he wanted to be a, a a ball possession team that runs the ball that's physical that's smart plays defense to do that you need a platoon of running backs in today's game and that looks like that's what they're trying to do here with the foreman pickup uh, on the first day of free agency, the Panthers picked up uh, wide receiver Rashard Higgins also to add to their wide receiver room. Uh, 27 years old. He's been in the league for six years, played with the Cleveland Browns. He's had 137 receptions in his career. Should, in, should fit in pretty nicely with the uh, Panthers wide receiving room. He's got some young guys in there like Terrence Marshall Jr., uh, Shai Smith, who they drafted last year. Uh, quick thoughts on Rashard Higgins? Yeah, I mean, this is this is a guy that's not going to absolutely blow you away with the speed by any means. Um, he's he's not exceptionally fast at all. He's going to kind of work underneath a little bit in the intermediate game. And I think kind of – I wouldn't necessarily call him a third-down target, but he may be somebody that can evolve into that role as the season goes on and as whoever the heck the quarterback's going to be grows a, a, a tight bond with him. So – I don't even know if he's going to be the number three receiver. It, I think a lot of it depends on other moves that they make. They may make another move to bring in or, or sign another veteran receiver. They may draft another receiver. Does Terrace Marshall take that big leap during you know OTAs and, and training camp? That There's a lot of question marks I still think with that wide receiver room, even with Robbie Anderson. I mean, is he is he going to be your number two? Does Terrace Marshall make that big a jump and, and jumps Robbie Anderson to be your number two? We have no idea. All we know is last year Robbie Anderson was not Robbie Anderson from 2020. So right now I think they're they're not very comfortable with that receiving group because outside of DJ Moore, there's a lot of question marks. But I, I, I do think we'll see at least one more receiver added to this room. Just don't know where, really where it's going to come from. I could see them maybe using a late-round draft pick on a wide receiver as a project or something to yeah. that effect. Uh, I mean, kind of like what they did with Shaw Smith last year. They got him fairly late i think he's like a six round pick if i'm not mistaken yeah uh, i could see them doing something like that or bringing in somebody that's not super expensive to kind of you know be that six wide receiver in the room um real quick on the defensive side signing started coming in a flurry uh linebacker damian wilson signs with carolina i thought this was a really interesting deal he signed to a two-year deal just coming off the best year of his uh, career he's been a seven-year vet in the NFL, played with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. He had highs and tackles. He had 106 tackles last uh, last year. Uh, he had three sacks, five pass breakups. Doesn't look like Jermaine Carter's going to be back. It looks like they're going to let him walk a free agency. So it looks like Wilson is slated as of right now to be the new starting uh, middle linebacker playing alongside Shaq Thompson and Frankie Louvu, who they re-signed earlier in the week. Uh, your, your thoughts on Damian Wilson? 
Yeah, I think it's it's definitely an upgrade from Jermaine Carter. Um, I, I don't know if he's going to be the long-term solution, but I do think he's going to add a presence in the middle. I mean, he is very good at stopping the run. And I think an, another guy that that signed later on, Corey Littleton, is going to help tremendously with, with stopping the run as well. Um, I think that's kind of the, the area of focus. When they went out and looked at some of these free agent linebackers, they, they knew they had to identify guys that can – come up and help and run support because they really did not have that this past year outside of Shaq Thompson. I mean, they really didn't have any linebackers that could help stop the run. So yeah. I, I like, I like Corey Littleton a lot. He played with Shaq Thompson at Washington. And you also have, like you just said, Damian Wilson, you got Frankie Weaver coming back. You lose Hassan Reddick, but I think the depth is much better. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, they have, uh, I thought they had signed, Oh, no, they didn't. Okay, sorry. Um, Matt Ionis, uh from Washington uh, signs defensive tackle, one-year deal. I like what Fitter has done where he hasn't committed a lot of money long-term to anyone. Uh, it's a lot of one-year deals, two-year deals, uh, things where they can kind of get guys in here that are hungry, want to play for it type deal, or they can kind of see what's happening without you know devoting a whole lot of money to a player and being short. Uh, they're letting Daquan Jones walk, so they they bring in Matt Ionis to a one year deal. Um, th- they've got some defensive tackles on this team. Uh, Derek Brown, of course, is a first round pick. Uh, I remember liking Bravion Roy last year. Um, yeah. it was somebody else too that was getting in the backfield a lot. I can't remember who it was now, Bill but Austin's had some moments here and there, yeah, yeah. So, you know, Ionis will join that room. He, of course. The Matt Rule connection. He played for Matt Rule at Temple uh, from 2013 to 2015. I'm a little reluctant to have all these Temple and Baylor players because Temple and Baylor didn't exactly win anything when uh, when Rule was there. Um, I get it. He's bringing them in to kind of uh, expand his his base in terms of uh, guys that have played for him before. I can see the logic because like if a guy's there that hadn't played for Rule before and he's surrounded by two or three guys that have they can kind of reinforce that, yeah, the stuff that we're doing right now might not seem like much, but it's going to work. Like, we've seen it in action. It's going to work. We just have to keep plugging away. And that seems like that's kind of the the mentality that he's trying to go to uh, with these former players that he's bringing in that are familiar, uh, whether it's with him or uh, Phil Snow or whoever it may be. One of the most uh, exciting signings to me is weird because it's a punter. Uh, Johnny Hecker, from uh, <laughs> they signed him. This dude is an all-pro uh, punter. They signed him from the Rams. Um, he was the punter of the decades in the 2010s. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's had uh, – I'm just looking through his stuff here. Uh, I want to say he's made the Pro Bowl like six times, five times, something like that. He's one of the best punters in the league, and somehow they were able to finagle him away with a three-year deal. Uh, and, and and that's super important, especially for a team that that's priding itself on defense field position yeah, probably gonna punt a lot <laughs> yeah he's probably gonna punt a lot uh <laughs> he had 23 punts down inside the 20 yard line last year and he had a long of 59 yards on a punt last year at age 32 so definitely still got it um I-, I thought that you know for the defensive purposes that that was a great pickup for them to find a punter uh because they were having some issues with the kicking game last year if uh, everyone recalls bradley bozeman uh probably is the reason why Matt Paredes is probably not going to be re-signed here because he just signs on a, uh, I think it was a one-year deal for Bozeman. Uh, I, I think they're going to fall in love with Bozeman because Bozeman can play center or both guard positions, and we know how Matt Rule is with guys that can play multiple spots. Uh, getting him, getting Austin Corbett last week from the Rams, 
uh, to reshape the line. Now you've got an offensive line that has potentially Taylor Moten at right tackle, uh, Austin Corbett at right guard, Bozeman at center, uh, Brady Christensen either at left tackle or left guard, and then you've still got a spot sitting there. And I thought they were talking to um, uh, what's the guy's name from the Saints, Armstead. Uh, there, there's been kind of interest in Armstead, but I, I don't think that it's been really known yet. But they've been they have been interested in Dwayne Brown. Ooh, Dwayne Brown, where is he? Uh, he was with the Seahawks originally. He's he's a 35, 36 year old left tackle. He's a little yeah. older, but he's he's been one of the better left tackles in the league. And he could be for the next year or two, someone that's there if they want to really. Uh, get Christensen to that point. I was fine with Christensen. I see a lot of people online like, oh, we'll wait until he sees like a Von Miller or somebody. I'm like, well, he's going to see somebody like that every week. Like, he seemed okay. I don't remember the uh, the announcers mentioning his name that often the last couple of games they played, which is a good thing for an offensive lineman if, if, if your name's not being called out by the uh, by the play-by-play guys. Um, he against two really good defensive fronts with at the end of the season, New Orleans and Tampa Bay. So I mean, right, yeah. So I mean, are you are you good with Christensen staying at left tackle? Because then that opens up this six pick in the first round to a whole variety of things they could do with it. But if they're feeling, dead set, I mean, I don't know. My my feeling is if if Evan Neal or Ekiokwanu are there, you take them and you kick Christensen inside the guard. If they're both gone and you still have Charles Cross there. Then maybe you say, okay, I'll I'll take my chances with Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett and pass on tra- Charles Cross. I like Charles Cross a lot, but I don't know. I I would I would probably I, I, I if it's Evan Neal or Ekiakwana, I think you have to take him because could you imagine an offensive line with one of those two guys at left tackle? You got Christian at guard, Bozeman, Corbett, Moat. I mean, we're talking about an offensive line that was probably one of the worst or two worst offensive lines in, in the game last year. And now this could become maybe a fringe top 10 offensive line. Like, I mean, I don't think it's funny at all. I think that, that you're right on top of it. If they could pull something like that off, like, and they would be young too, like fairly young, have some experience on it. Uh, Corbett's coming off a Super Bowl run. Uh, Moten just got extended last year. Like, I mean, it, 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 people called us crazy a year ago for saying this Panthers defense could be a fringe top 10 defense. And we'll look right. Back. I'm just saying. I, I, I'm hey, always right. Hey, put it out there. Put it. Put it out there for uh, for people to marinate on. Because you're you're absolutely right. I, like I'm sitting there looking at it, and as maligned as the offensive line was last year, it's not like they didn't have. Well, Moten was really the one guy that we knew we could kind of build around with, and and of course Fitterer figured that out and gave him this extension. Christensen really showed he could he could be a starter in this league. Um, I know they want to put him inside. I I know rules saying you know maybe we made him you know should have played him earlier. He wants him at left guard. That's, in my opinion, when they drafted him, their idea was to put him at left guard. Um, I'm still up in the air about this pick, though, because I do feel like they, they've got some options, some things they can do if, in fact, they land that left tackle. So we'll see if they get another left tackle in the uh, in free agency, because if I'm not mistaken, after all these signings, they still have about $25 million left over um, to, to play with, and that's enough to go you know get a guy. So um, the final signing we saw last week in a flurry from the Panthers Dante Jackson staying home they agreed on a three-year 35 million dollar deal on Saturday Jackson was coming off the best season of his career last year uh it ended early with a groin injury he suffered in November he had 61 tackles last year two interceptions 
uh, a second round homegrown talent here for Carolina that we drafted ourselves. He'll be staying here. Um, they did say, you know, when they traded for Stefan Gilmore, that Jackson's future uh, had nothing to do with the trade. And to their credit, uh, they're exactly right. So now you've got a cornerbacks room with J.C. Horn, C.J. Henderson, Troy Pride, Stanley Thomas Oliver, and Dante Jackson. Uh, your thoughts on the Panthers keeping what we, we felt like they needed one of the two, either Jackson or Gilmore. Uh, I don't know if it's an either or thing still, but signing Jackson back to have him and J.C. Horn, as I assume the two starting cornerbacks uh, going forward, and I would imagine C.J. Henderson maybe plays nickel or something like that. What are your thoughts on that cornerback room? Because it looks really strong right now. It was the strength of the defense last year. Yeah, it's it's going to be very good again. I think we're going to have to see, though, can some of these other guys step up? Like, I mean, we, we only saw, what was it, almost two and a half games of J.C. Horn, but in the two and a half games that we did see, he looked like a lockdown corner. If he yeah. can do that for an entire season, now you're cooking with something. And I think – Keith Taylor, I think he showed some flashes here and there last year. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll see what Troy Pride does coming back. He he kind of – he had a lot of downs in that rookie year. I think he got burned a lot and just kind of – he he just went through it as a rookie. But now he's entering year three, even though he didn't play last year. Wonder how much he's learned in the last year, being able to sit back and watch these guys learn from guys like Dante Jackson, Stephon Gilmore, A.J. Bouye, who's not, no longer here, but – um, I'm interested to see where he's at when we roll around to training camp. Um, but I think, you know, Stephon Gilmore, there is a possibility he could return. I don't see it happening. I don't think the Panthers are really going to make an effort um, just because they got Dante Jackson, they got J.C. Horn, C.J. Anderson, so on and so on. But I think we kind of saw this coming. I think we already knew that if it was going to one of these two guys they're probably going to go with the younger option just because it just made the most sense with the current state of the team yeah it it makes me kind of question why they traded for him in the first place like if they did they honestly think they're going to be able to keep Gilmore because at the time it didn't really go with what they were trying to do in terms of building a young team that grew up together Gilmore's 31 so it was like did they do it so there was a vet in that room knowing they probably weren't going to be able to keep him because he he was just a defensive player of the year two years ago in 2019. Uh, if you, you go know, back, so- if you go back and look at it, I mean, they were at the time of the trade. I believe they were three and zero, and that's when J.C. Horn had been lost for the season. So yeah, they felt well, Jackson. Um, yeah, yeah, you're even, right. Even though they didn't play really anybody at that that early portion of the schedule, they felt like okay, if we can make a splash trade or signing or anything that to, to to make up for that loss of J.C. Horn, and we can continue to push on our way through. I mean, when you're starting three and zero, you don't think you're going to finish to your five and twelve. You know what I mean? So yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> they can at least get to eight, nine, maybe ten wins, and they thought Gilmore could help them do that. And it was a cheap price, six round draft pick. Doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But I think those types of moves, I think or what made this fan base get upset with how the season unfolded because they said, okay, you're trying to go for it and it's not result. You know, the results aren't what you are expecting. So I can kind of see why the fans got upset at, at afterwards and saying, well, why do we make the move? You're sending mixed signals. I get that. But at the same time, if you can get a guy like Stefan going for a six round pick, you're going to do it every day. 
Yeah, and, and and to their defense, he was one of the bright spots on the defense as we went through the season. Um, it just felt like he wasn't going to be here for very long. It just seemed like it was a way for him to get out of New England and uh, to kind of go from there. I'm not mad at all with that free agent room. I mean, excuse me, that cornerback room, J.C. Horn, C.J. Henderson, Troy Pride, Stanley Thomas Oliver, Dante Jackson. Uh, that that looks like something that they can really work with. And then, of course, the safeties. You bring in Xavier Woods earlier in the week, free agent from uh, – played the Cowboys and most recently the Vikings. I actually remember wanting him uh, when he got drafted. And Jeremy Chen, who, uh, who's our homegrown safety that's going to be running around all over the field again. So the secondary seems like a strength uh, for the Panthers going into the upcoming season as they get ready for this uh, this draft. I wanted to touch on real quick before we get out of here, uh, since they did not land Deshaun Watson, of course, the Panthers are in the market for a quarterback. They have a couple of options they can do here. Um, I just saw on Twitter that uh, regarding Baker Mayfield, this was about 20 minutes ago from Kyle Bailey, um, our buddy over at WFNZ down in Charlotte. He tweeted out, a Panther source tells him that Carolina has no interest in trading for Baker Mayfield at this time. Not surprising, given what we know about Ben McAdoo's pre-draft assessment of Mayfield in 2018, among other things. So that's uh, interesting. Um, David Newton from ESPN actually co-signed that about 10 minutes before. Uh, he tweeted out, regarding reports the Panthers are interested in Cleveland quarterback Baker Mayfield, I am told that is not true. Is that just smoke, or do you think uh, they are not looking at um, – Baker Mayfield to, to come in here? They're not interested. Um, I've, I've spoken to at least three different people in the last week or so, and everyone that I've spoke with has told me they're not expecting to make a, a move for him. So that's – every time I've, I've been told something, it's always they're not expecting. So take that for what you want. I don't think that they're going to make a move. That, that I think that just kind of leaves the door opening, I guess, if – there's really no other options and they feel like that might be their only choice, but I, I just don't see it happening. I, I, the people that have told me this, I, I, I do trust. So I, I do not think they're going to make a move for him. I think you'll end up seeing him somewhere like Seattle co- to compete with Drew Locke. Uh, I mean, it's really kind of getting thin on, on, on where on teams that need quarterbacks. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the crazy part that, there's not – I mean, a lot of these places kind of fix their stuff. The Saints re-signed James Winston. You know, of course, the GOAT unretired in Tampa. Atlanta traded off uh, Matt Ryan yesterday to the Colts and then signed Marcus Mariota. Like, there's there's not a lot of – Carolina's one of the few places that still has a, a flux in their quarterback room. I was looking at Baker Mayfield's uh, contract. He's owed uh, $18.8 million this year. Uh, as a base salary, there's no signing bonus or anything like that. Um, it's an $18 million cap hit. Would you, if Cleveland came to you and was like, hey, will you take Baker Mayfield in a fifth? Or would you take Baker Mayfield in exchange for Sam Darnold? And, and well, no, 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 I had it right the first time. We'll give you Baker Mayfield in a fifth. You give us Sam Darnold. Do you do that deal? Uh. Because it's it's amazing to me how much the value of Baker Mayfield's his his overall value has just plummeted. Uh, it, and I'm, not, I'm not sure what who's responsible for it. I, I mean, I would if if they're giving me Baker Mayfield in the fifth for Sam Darnold, yeah, I mean, I would take it. But 
my thing is I, I don't know if if Cleveland even wants Sam Darnold because I mean they they have so much money tied into Deshaun Watson. I know they have that that six or possible eight game stretch where they won't have him the start of the season, but I they just signed somebody. I don't know if it was Jacoby Brissett or somebody. I think to be the backup. So I, I don't think they would want Sam Darnold, but I if if Cleveland offers Baker in a fifth, it I mean it would be it, it would be hard for me to do only because I think that Sam Darnold would still be on the roster. And at that point you're spending at least between the two 36 million on the cap. And that's just that's too much for me, I think. Too much. Yeah. Um so the Baker thing is out there. I've also seen Jordan Love, which actually is a little bit more of an attractive option for me. Former first round pick of Green Bay Packers. He's now in a situation where Aaron Rodgers is going to be there at least for the next three plus seasons. Uh, Love's entering, I think, year four, year five of his rookie deal. Uh, do you kick the tires on Jordan Love? No, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, I do not like Jordan Love at all. I I never liked him. I never understood why they even picked him in the first place. And if they were going to find a successor to Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love would not have been my choice. Um, that's just me. I've I've just never liked him. Thought he was too erratic in college and kind of just I I don't know when you flip on his college tape, nothing just popped out to me. I guess. And I mean, I get, I, I do understand that he has a strong arm. He's got a little bit of mobility to him, but I, I would not even entertain Jordan Love. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of settling into them. Well, let me put it out there for the folks. So I came across this on social media and every once in a while, I get a good idea from some sort of meme or something I find online Carolina Panthers potential quarterback scenarios in 2022, 2023. So let me paint these four scenarios out. Uh, Skylar, give us which one he thinks would be the best option. And then we'll end with Skylar's first round mock pick for uh, the week of uh, March the 22nd, 2022. Should the Panthers, A, re-sign Cam Newton and draft a rookie quarterback? And then the, the meme is a picture of Malik Willis sitting there. B, sign a free agent to compete with Sam Darnold. Uh, unfortunately, looks like they have uh, Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston in a picture with Sam Darnold. Both of them have already signed with NFC South teams. So, the free Dude, agent became <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I was gonna say there's a they showed a list on Get Up earlier this morning of uh the available free agent quarterbacks that are left, and it's not a hot list. So I'm not sure if that's gonna be uh a valuable option or valid option or not. Option C stick with Sam Darnold and draft a rookie quarterback, or option D trade for a veteran starter, and they've got Jimmy Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield in that option. So out of those four options. Uh, I'll start off with you, Skylar. What, which one do you think would be the, well, I won't say which one do you think would be the best option. Which one would you like to see the Panthers do? Well, I think B and D are out of the question. I, I don't think trading for another veteran is going to help. And I don't think what I, I remember what, what was B again. I know I didn't like it. What was it? Uh, <laughs> sign yeah. a free agent to compete with Sam Darnold. Yeah. Uh, like you said, there's no free agents really out there outside of Cam Newton and to be honest with you, we can't kind of saw that. to compete with Sam Darnold. So yeah, we just kind of sort of saw that, and we saw they didn't really give them a chance to compete against each other. As soon as Sam Darnold was healthy, they threw him right back out there. Yeah, so I, I don't think being deer in the in the mix at all. Um, I, I think it it makes sense for them to bring back Cam if they draft Malik Willis, but if they draft Kenny Pickett, I don't know if how much. 
I, I think they would just rather roll with Sam Darnold's $18 million for the next season and have Pickett behind them because they're, they're, they're two different style of quarterbacks. And I think Malik Willis would learn better from a guy like Cam Newton who kind of played a similar way in college. Um, Kenny Pickett's not really Cam Newton. So yeah. (laughs) And honestly, I I don't even know. You know, sometimes I get the feeling maybe they should just take the best player available at number six and roll with Sam Darnold for another year. And as, as cringeworthy as that is, it might just be the best thing to do because that way you're not investing more money into the quarterback position. You're not forcing something into the quarterback position. You're not forcing, you know, a Jimmy Garoppolo and you're going to have to give up draft picks and take on his big contract. Like it just, it doesn't make sense. I think it just, it's better to play the waiting game, even though it might hurt, wait one more year, try and get your quarterback next year and get a franchise changing player at number six, whether it's an offensive lineman, an edge rusher, something you got to get that number six pick right. And I don't know if Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett are going to be that. But Malik Willis could be. I'll just leave it at that for now. There's a a growing contingent online of Panther fans that are uh, leaning towards option A. Resign Cam Newton and draft a rookie QB, and that QB would be Malik Willis. Um, Of course, we said earlier in the, uh, the taping, the Panthers today are at Liberty for Malik Willis's pro day. They were at Pitt yesterday for uh, Kenny Pickett's pro day. Um, there's video of them checking Kenny Pickett's hands and things of that sort on Twitter. If, that, if that's something that you're interested in looking at, um, I I keep going back to last year, that first game back with Cam Newton um, at Bank of America Stadium, where. They they were they used him the way we thought he would be used. He was used in short yardage situations, goal line situations. He threw for a touchdown. He ran for a touchdown. Blew the roof off the place. That feeling was probably the peak of the Panthers' season. I still think back on it, and I'm like, you know what? They brought Cam in. When did the Cam come in? Like the beginning of November. Something. It was real late in the season uh, when they brought like late October, something like that. He never got a chance to fully immerse himself in a playbook that probably got changed because Joe Brady was let go middle of the year and they were finagling with it. Uh, you know, the rest of the year, there was no rhythm to the offense whatsoever, no matter who was back there and the offensive line was a mess. So it's like, all right, did we properly grade Cam Newton's return back here with all of that going on? I, there's a part of me and a part of it's because uh, again, Cam Newton's one of my favorite football players of all time. I kind of hope he gets a chance to be here through training camps through voluntary workouts through uh mini camps you know just to kind of immerse himself in this playbook that's going to be new for everyone at the same time with Ben McAdoo coming in I if you really want to see if Cam Newton has any juice left you kind of owe it to yourself as the franchise that drafted him and then brought him back to have him back on a one-year deal especially if you're going to draft Malik Willis if your plan is to draft Malik Willis there is no one better for him to mentor underneath for a year than Cam Newton, because Cam's going to go into it understanding I'm mentoring this kid. Like, you know, I'm 32. I'm at the tail end of my career. There's things that I know now that I'm older that I didn't know when I was Malik's age that I can kind of teach him. Uh, it, it feels like it would be okay. Plus, we just went through the whole offensive line changes they just had. There, uh, Cam didn't have Christian McCaffrey when he was back because McCaffrey was already injured at that point. It, it feels like if you kind of give him everything, 
and he still fails, then okay, fine. Like Cam doesn't have any more. But we haven't seen him in that situation yet. And I've been wanting to see it, to be honest, since 2018. And it felt like Marty Herney was trying to build this offense for Cam Newton finally, and they ran out of time before he got a chance to be around all of it. You know, like they drafted McCaffrey, they drafted more, they drafted uh, these guys. And Cam got injured, and they never really saw the fruit, the fruition of all that together. Now you have a chance to actually see it with a good defense on top of it, you know? And, and if you're going to do like a ground and pound run game with, with the, with Foreman that they just signed and Hubbard, it, it doesn't just make sense to, to bring Newton in as some part of this team at this point. I don't know how we circled back around to Cam Newton again for a third time, but it, it's starting to feel like he was the backup plan. Like if worse comes to worse and we're still in the same situation that we were in, you know, a couple months ago with the quarterback room, we like having Cam Newton here. We like having him in the locker room. He does something to the team, alpha dog-wise, that we don't quite have with Sam Darnold. If we're going to go the rookie route, why not sell tickets and at least be engaged with the audience and excitable as a football team by bringing Cam Newton back on a team-friendly one-year deal? It sound, it feels like Newton would do this. Uh, am I crazy to, to say all this out loud? Because I've been thinking in my head like all weekend after the Watson thing fell apart. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I don't think that's that's crazy at all. I think it's definitely an option. It just depends on what Cam wants. Does he want to sit here and and try and mentor a kid and be on a team that probably won't make the playoffs again, or that might not make the playoffs again, or does he want to go somewhere and back somebody up and potentially try and win a Super Bowl. I think it's it's going to be come down to, to one of those two options. But then again, too, what's the market for Cam? Like, we really haven't heard anything. Like, right. is, is there any teams that are even interested in him? I think because he talked to the Colts like a week ago, two weeks ago. He was talking to the Colts. But, of course, you know, the Colts went for 37-year-old Matt, Matt Ryan instead. So, yeah, so, I mean, like, when he when he got released by the Panthers, a, what was it, almost two years now, uh, uh, 2020. Yeah. Going into that 2020 COVID years when they were like, yeah, yeah we we love cam. And then they cut him like a week later and signed Teddy Bridgewater. He's just, just another bad decision, but <laughs> you know, the, uh, the decision or when he got released, there was not much interest in cam Newton. And I think a lot of it had to do with some of the injury concerns that they had. Is he going to be the same player because he's been on the decline and if you remember, he didn't even sign with New England, I don't believe, until, like, what's the start of training camp or maybe, like, a week, uh, a little bit before training camp. And he didn't even get it that big of a deal. It was a very, very team-friendly deal. I don't even remember how much it was, but it wasn't much. And now that, you know, teams have got more tape on him from what he did at New England, which really didn't do – he really didn't do much. And when he came back to Carolina and – Again, he was 0-5 as a starter this past season, albeit behind a bad offensive line. How much are these teams going to be like, yeah, I want Cam Newton? And mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if that's going to be the 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 one for – I mean, but free agents are running thin at quarterback. So teams are going to start needing guys. Someone's going to bite. Um, but I, I do think it makes sense. If you draft Malik Willis, bring Cam Newton back. If you draft Kenny Pickett, you keep Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold yeah. and you roll with it. But – I think Pickett could actually maybe beat Darnold out. Yeah, I'm, you know? I, I definitely think he could. And I think there's there's, there's also the question of, okay, say you bring Cam back, you draft Malik, 
say the Panthers start, you know, 0-2, and people are starting to get frustrated, but then they put Malik Willis in. How is the fan base going to react, I guess, just to the whole situation of when when they pull the plug on Cam to give it to Malik? Honestly, what, their, I, are they are they five and one or are they two and three? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, that would have a lot to do with it. But to be honest, if they did that and had Cam and Malik, uh, that though those players have the same fan base. You know what I mean? Like they they the, if you like Cam Newton, you probably like Malik Willis. So if you're if they're having to bench Cam, and you 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 are a Cam Newton fan or whatever, you probably understand why they're benching him, and you're probably okay with it because you know you got Malik Willis coming in behind him, who you also liked. You're almost you're kind of hedging your bets by by bringing Cam in to do it. And who knows? Maybe you get lightning in a bottle, and Cam doesn't have to be benched throughout the year, and, and Malik can actually sit the whole season and learn. And Cam has some kind of crazy Ryan Fitzpatrick comeback type tour. Uh, the one thing that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the one thing I don't think would go over well is if you draft Kenny Pickett, Kenny, Cam Newton starts, and he gets benched for Kenny Pickett. No, that would not. Because that, we kind of saw that this year. As soon as Sam Darnold was, like, able to walk out of the bathroom, they were like, all right, get back in there, when we thought he was done for the year. <laughs> you know, like Camden yeah. sniffed the field again <laughs> after Darnold showed up at practice, like, you know, week 16 or whatever it was. So um, I, I, I agree be- with you there that a lot of Cam fans kind of see Malik Willis as a young version of Cam Newton. Now, he's obviously not built the same way. Yeah. Definitely a lot shorter, a lot smaller, but he can run and at times can throw the ball downfield. He's he's kind of got an accuracy issue, which kind of Cam's dealt with throughout his career. So they see a lot of Cam in Malik, and I think that's why – that that combination of quarterbacks would probably work a little bit better than if you were to draft a Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral or Desmond Ritter or anybody else. I, I will say I'm kind of salivating at the idea of having week one Cam Newton behind this rebuilt offensive line that's just like road graders with a Christian McCaffrey somewhere on the field, uh, Foreman in the backfield. You got DJ Moore on one side. Robbie Anderson on the other, Tommy Tribble at tight end. I mean, it, it sounds like that could go down. Like that sounds like something that could really, really work if they really wanted to. Um, Just imagine the goal line and short yardage situations when you have the option oh to put Cam in the gun with Deontay Foreman, and it's a read option. Oh, and you, I mean, you could do almost like a double with like a you know McCaffrey coming from the like a jet sweep. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, it's uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Can't wait. It doesn't matter. Someone's getting wrecked. <laughs> Someone's getting ran over. Um, and I and I think that that could really be something cool. Before we go though, real quick, Skylar, every week uh, with Sports Illustrated, you post your first round mock uh, pick for the Panthers. You told me before we started that this is the first time you've had a quarterback in this position. Who do you currently have? Carolina Panthers selecting sixth overall first round NFL draft for twenty twenty two. Who do you have there in that slot this week? Well, so right now I got Malik Willis in there. Yeah. That's that's mainly just because I, I know the fans kind of wanted to see it. I know I, I would like to see that happen potentially, but I think I think what we're gonna end up seeing is the Panthers are gonna start showing more and more and more and more interest in Kenny Pickett. And that's what I've been told from the get-go. I, I told you what was it? 
five, six, seven episodes ago that I've had people tell me in the Pittsburgh area that the Panthers have been very, very interested in Kenny Pickett. So I'm probably going to mock Kenny Pickett at some point, but I felt now would be a good time to, to talk about Malik Willis. Mm-hmm. Um, huge arm, has the ability to run. I think he's he's got the clear – you know, the most the most potential of any quarterback in this draft. I think we all kind of agree that Kenny Pick is probably the most red, pro ready, but Malik Willis has the highest ceiling. So if he taps into that and becomes what everyone thinks he can be, then the Panthers hit a home run and everyone else is saying or everyone else looks stupid for saying the Panthers were dumb for taking him at number six. So we'll see. But that as of right now, I got Malik Willis going to the Panthers at number six. I like it. I like it. I, and, and you know, someone told me this uh, when the Giants drafted Daniel Jones, and I was like, "That's kind of a reach" because they got him at like number nine or whatever. They were like, "It's not a reach to that team. If that's the if that's the guy they want, you go and get that guy. It doesn't really matter what position it is or what what place it is in the draft. If you're that confident that that guy's for your team, then you go get it. It might be a reach to everyone else, but that team shouldn't care if it's a reach to everyone else if that's the guy that they have in their sights and. We see it every year. There's always two or three quarterbacks that zoom up into the top ten that maybe shouldn't even be there. It'll happen. And, uh, yeah, Pickett, Willis. They're they're probably going to be the two that. At the end of the day, there. at the end of the day, everyone's saying that no quarterback in this draft class is worth the first round grade. And there's a lot of mock drafts out there that don't even have either of these guys going in the top ten. I could bet a hundred dollars right now that at least one of those guys is going top 10. And I would not even be shocked at the slightest if both go in the top 10. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Because you've got those teams, they're going to be needing a quarterback drafting in the top 10, Carolina being one of them. So uh, still a lot to get to. We'll uh, got to get out of here for this week. But uh, more and more stuff coming up here as uh, the Panthers try to figure out what to do with quarterback. I love what they've done in free agency. It frees them up. To, to almost do best player available at number six if they need to, or to trade down, um, which we hadn't really discussed yet either. So um, we'll get into that more and more. We'll be back next week, next Tuesday, or, or Tuesdays are when new episodes drop on the Believe Podcast Network. You can catch us on every major podcast platform. Uh, shout out to everyone who's found us over the past couple of weeks. Our numbers have started going up, and uh, people are starting to find the Believe in Panthers podcast. So me and Skylar definitely appreciate that. Again, Skylar is the beat writer for the – Carolina Panthers and the Charlotte Hornets uh, for Sports Illustrated. The Hornets have won, is it five straight, four straight? Five. Five five game win streak. Trying to battle that bottom of the Eastern Conference. You can follow daily uh, their activity as well as Panther moves, roster moves, things of that sort with Skyler on Twitter at Callahan underscore. Uh, You can follow me. uh, My show, The Rundown with Desmond Johnson, runs here in the Triad, North Carolina, every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. live. Uh, covering a variety of different topics, including the Panthers, of course. You can follow me at Dez, D-E-Z underscore 3505 or at Tobacco Radio. For Skylar Callahan, I'm Desmond Johnson. We're going to get out of here. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Believe in Panthers podcast. Keep pounding. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.